Hey everyone, welcome to Just Mental Health with Stefan M, the podcast where we discuss mental health issues from a social justice lens. I'm Emily. And I'm Stephanie. A quick disclaimer before we get started. We are mental health professionals, but this is not to be taken as professional advice. We are also aware that our privilege may cloud our perspective on some topics, and we not only welcome, but encourage you to message us with criticism and correction. Let's get started. Our business of the week today is owned by my cousin, Naomi. She makes jewelry on an Etsy shop. So the name of the shop is Beads and Baubles by Naomi. Um, so that's all one word, B-E-A-D-S, the letter N, B-A-U-B-L-E-S, B-Y-N-A-O-M-I. Um, so she makes bracelets, earrings, necklaces, um, mask holders. So it's like, I guess, like if you're taking your mask on and off, have you just like kind of have it hang around your neck. Um, I have a pair of her earrings and I really like them. They're all really creative and colorful. So definitely uh, you can just search on Etsy for Beads and Baubles by Naomi and you should be able to find it. Awesome. And we'll put that on the Instagram too, so people can, can find it as well. Yes, for sure. That's cool. Good. All right. So um, today's topic is one that I, when I was talking to Emily about this, I was like, I get asked these same questions all the time. And um a lot of it is sort of like, what is the difference between, you know, any of these various licenses or titles as far as like a clinician, like a, a common one um, is like, what's the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist, you know, or what's the difference between uh, LCSW and LMFT? or anything like that. And we will go into all of that and explain it um, because it's not complicated, but it is complicated. Like once yeah. you know about it, you're like, oh, okay, that's not that. And hard. all the letters, like, yes, like, I mean, I can just was LMFT, MFTA, LCSW, CSW, LCPC, LPC, yes. IE, PhD, CADC. Like I just could you could just, HC. Yeah, right. like it's crazy. And, yeah, and they're different dip by state as well. Mm -hmm. um, so those are all those can all be really confusing too. Um, yeah, but I, I think I that's think, what. Well, I was. Gonna, I think that's what makes it so confusing sometimes too for people is because that it's all state regulated mm -hmm. by the different boards and it's um so it can mean different things depending on the state you're in and so I mean this is really going to be like you know I'm in Kentucky I'm licensed in Kentucky you're licensed in Chicago and Kentucky right mm -hmm. um so you know we can only really talk about these two states. Um, so this is probably going to be different for a different state, you know, and you should always kind of do your research or consult if you want to know more um, for a different state. But overall, some of this will be pretty much the same as far as like titles and 
degrees and stuff. Licensing gets gets a little more complicated, but I think for the most part the the full licensure is the same, but the mm-hmm. like LMFT licensed marriage or family therapist is the same regardless of state, but then like mm-hmm. in Kentucky it's MFTA, MFT associate. Illinois, it's AMFT, Associate MFT. Right, Indiana, right. It's LMFTA, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapy. So, so like, those are the ones that I think can be different. Yes, yes. But, yeah. yeah, those do get different. And then, of course, you know, so, like, when you go to see a therapist, um, you're going to see their, or you go to see, we're going to call them for the sake of this podcast to not confuse the terms for anyone, we're going to call anyone practicing, you know, clinical therapy, clinical services, um, a mental health professional. So it it will just encompass everybody. Um, So if you're going to see a mental health professional, they'll probably have their degree and their license displayed. They'll probably have letters after their name. And this will help you hopefully understand what that means a little bit more. Um, just like if you were going to see a doctor, um, you know, they're going to have their credentials and their license, their letters after their name. Um, doctor is really, but you can have a PhD and have a doctorate, or you can be like a doctor that practices medicine, but there's all different kinds. And it's the same with mental health professionals. So um, this would be like a frequently asked question sort of podcast. And we'll also talk a little bit about like what to look for mm-hmm. in a therapist and what to expect in your first therapy appointment. So hopefully if you've never been to therapy before and you have no idea what any of this means um, or what to expect, this will help normalize it a little bit and give you an idea of of what, what you can expect so it doesn't seem as um, anxiety provoking if it, you know, if it is for you. So, um, first, I think one of the important distinctions is we'll talk, we'll talk about, you know, okay, people say, what's the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. Um, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. So they have an MD, um, Mm -hmm. but they have studied and practiced and specialized medicine with mental health, you know, practicing medicine for people with mental health issues. So they're not going to, even though they're trained in all of that, they're not going to diagnose you necessarily with physical ailments, but they can diagnose you with mental illness and they can prescribe medication for that so, so those are the people that will give you zoloft or prozac or xanax yes. or yes um any of, Lexapro, of uh, yeah anything yeah. that you're going to take for a mental health mm-hmm. disorder or symptom you're probably going to get it from a psychiatrist now just to make it even more confusing some regular sort of general health MD, some your primary care physician can prescribe typically the course this again depends on the state can prescribe some of these um, psychotropic 
medications, like usually they can prescribe the basic SSRIs, um, which are like the basic antidepressants, like um, selective serotonin reuptake. Yeah, yeah, like a Zoloft or um, a Prozac or um, what's another pretty basic, like a Wellbutrin or something like that. Those brand names. Well, they probably not an SSRI actually. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's one <laughs> yeah. of those sort of, yeah, yeah typical antidepressants um, that you can, your PCP might be able to give that to you. They might not feel comfortable, but typically if you want a, a you know, what, not everyone has access to a psychiatrist, but a psychiatrist is really probably the best to go for if those sort of basic and I say basic, just the common. They're really just common. Right. So I normally tell my clients if they have, I, I recommend anyone. And there's also this, a psychiatric nurse practitioner, um, which, mm -hmm. you know, just like any other field of medicine can have a, you know, they're, they're, um, they're just not an MD, but they, they can prescribe, mm -hmm. um, almost all the same medication. Almost all. There's still some that can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I tell my clients that it's okay if you want to see a, um, your primary care physician for mental health stuff, um, for medication, if, but really only if you, I would only recommend it if you only, if you have like mild symptoms, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of them have did like one rotation in psychiatry, like in med yeah. school years ago, and they really don't know a ton. Um, but some people, you know, can go to a PCP and just feel like, okay, cool. I got my meds. I'm doing better. You're great. Mm -hmm. But others, it's better to have a trained psychiatrist. So. Yeah. Def yeah. That's a really good sort of way to put it. Like, and you know, your PCPs for some people, that's their first point of contact. They're having these symptoms. They, they talk to their doctor about it. Um, and then, you know, the doctor will try things and then they might refer them on to a therapist or a psychiatrist if those things aren't working. And that's okay to try too. Um, if you've never tried medication before, they're gonna put they're probably gonna put you on the same stuff anyway, sort of the the most common ones that we had talked about, um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety or mood stabilizers. But you know, yeah, a psychiatrist is can just um treat. And prescribe for a lot more. So mm -hmm. that's what a psychiatrist is. A psychiatrist is typically not going to, they don't have the time. They're not going to talk to you. They're not going to do therapy with you. They're Some can. Treat, they can, but, but it's not like rare and rare. Yeah. Yeah. That they do that. It's just because that's the way the healthcare system is set up. Mm -hmm. They get 15 to 30 minutes maybe with you. So, um, but they're going to treat the the symptoms, and if there's a chemical imbalance, and you need medication for it, they're going to be able to to treat that. So it'll be more like going to your doctor when you go to a psychiatrist. It's going to be more of that sort of assessment. A psychologist, okay. So 
in order to be a psychologist, you have to study and get a degree in psychology. So there's, there's, um, sorry, I was wanting to give an overview. Like if, if we, as we move into the assessment and therapy rather than medication, mm -hmm. psychologists, yes. uh, social workers, marriage and family therapists, licensed professional counselors are like the four main umbrella, uh, licensures. Yeah. Um, yeah. And main then ones. like, so the first one being psychologist. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, right. So now we're going into the, yeah, you're right, the um, the therapy part. So these are mental health professionals that can and may do psychotherapies with you. Um, so, or, or, you know, your typical talk therapies with you. So a psychologist is someone, like I said, who studied psychology they have a degree in psychology and they probably are licensed in with along with that degree. So they could be um, a PhD or they could be a PsyD. Um, and Emily, do you know much about the difference between the PhD and the PsyD? Yeah, so they're both, um the PhD is a little more research-based, mm -hmm. the PsyD is a little more clinical-based, but they both, um, you know, like my sister's a PhD, but she doesn't do research. She does, um, she does therapy. Yeah. Um, so you can do therapy with both of them and also assessment and testing. So if you needed testing, like if you th think maybe you have ADHD and you want to get tested for ADHD, then then you would go to a psychologist, a PsyD or a PhD. And they don't all have PsyDs or PhDs. Like you can, there's some places you can work as a psychologist with a master's, mm -hmm. um, but most of them do have the PhD or the PsyD. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you said that about the, the testing and assessment sort of thing, because so a lot of people think, you know, oh, I, I want to get tested for, I, I think I might be on the autism spectrum. I think I might have ADHD or they want some sort of specific diagnostic tests like that. Um, and they go to a, a, their therapist who is not, who doesn't have a, a PhD or a PsyD and is not trained in doing those assessments and then they get referred out because like me as a clinical social worker i cannot give you a diagnostic test for autism and give you that diagnosis i'm not trained for that so i would i've referred people out to psychologists um and so they, that's tip i mean they do obviously the therapy and treatment but they do a lot of the testing stuff too yeah. And you see them in schools a lot, um, like a school psychologist, because they can do the testing. Um, and so, then general, um, like, so all of these psychologists, counselor, MFT is marriage and family therapist. We'll just say MFT so people know for the rest of this. Um, social worker, they all have so much overlap, mm -hmm. especially nowadays um they've all modernized and um 
so there's there's tons of overlap but traditionally a psychologist is going to be trained more so about the individual mm-hmm. and the, the the brain and the way the individual's brain works whereas some of the other ones which we'll get into um like social work is a little more big picture a little bit more about social issues mft is more about the family system um it's more like saying that you're a product of your environment whereas psychologists are more about what's going on in the individual's mind and that's not to say that a psychologist doesn't educate themselves about social issues and take that into consideration as far as how social issues impact their clients and it also doesn't mean that a psychologist can't do couples therapy or family therapy Mm -hmm. it's just that the the basic framework of their training is more about the individual and the right yeah it's a different it's a different study it's a different um just a different way of of being trained like you said like so you're going to school if you're going to be a psychologist you're going to school for psychology and that's just a different sort of study than going to school for to learn social work or to learn mental health counseling and so you know we'll get into more of that but that's kind of, that's the difference between psychologists and psychiatrists and that's mm-hmm. typically when you'll probably see them um being needed if you need medication you'll probably go to a psychiatrist for that and or a psychiatric nurse practitioner um, which can do a lot of the same things. They're just a nurse practitioner the same way like a a nurse practitioner works with, um, for a regular MD, like a, you know, typical health, general family health MD. Um, so it's the same thing. Psychiatric nurse practitioners can do a lot of that stuff. And then a psychologist um, which can do therapy and treatment and can also do diagnostic testing on specific things. So then, so those are kind of like, that's like the classic sort of like, uh, you know, that's how this whole thing started. This whole thing started with medicine and psychiatry and then went into psychology. Um, like Freud was a psychologist yeah. and like, like, well, Eric, he was, Erickson, he, huh? Yeah, he was a doctor who, you know, then started practicing for mental health issues. So he kind of started that whole, that whole. Yeah, like yeah. he's thought of as like the first psychologist. Right. Like mm-hmm. psychology is like, everyone thinks I'm a psychologist. Everyone yeah. <laughs> thinks I studied psychology. Like it is the oldest of, and it's like. It is, it's these, the first. It's the first and it's, yeah. um, it's where all of, these other things came from. All these other, yeah. yeah. And I think pr- probably, you know, I don't know a ton about the history of the mental health field, but like there's, there were pieces in the traditional field of psychology that were missing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how these other, um, fields such mm-hmm. as social work and MFT yeah. came to be. Yeah. Um, and those are, um, most people in MFT social work and counseling have a master's. You can get a PhD, um, 
it's different as far as psychology, whereas psychology, you mostly need a PhD to practice, whereas mm -hmm. for these other ones, a master's is sufficient and you yeah, most states PhD. will let you practice with a master's. So yeah, and you'd get a PhD if you um, wanted, wanted to do, do research. research. Yeah. Um, so um, let's just, if we want to start up so yeah. work, um, social workers, the kind of, again, the traditional definition of social work is um, someone who advocates for the needs of vulnerable populations in any way, shape or form. So there's micro social work and macro social work and meso social work. So micro social work is the more therapy, one-on-one -on -one, or people in a room, like family therapy, couples therapy, individual therapy, meso-social work. I'm still not totally sure the definition of meso-social work. It's like co communities, yeah. I think. Um, and then macro-social work is like big picture, like policy and law and advocacy. So right. social work is extremely broad. So you have social workers who work for um, child protective services who, um, you know, assess homes and, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then you have social workers who um, do like lobbying or like policy work or like grant writing, advocacy. advocacy. Yeah. Then you have social workers who do therapy. You have, there's, there's so many um, different types of social work. The clinical social workers specifically are the ones that do therapy. Mm -hmm. And to be a social worker, you go to school and study social work. Social work. So that's <laughs> something that I want to like also just point out for people is like you're studying different things. So mm -hmm. it would be, I studied, I studied psychology in undergrad. I got my bachelor's in psychology, but then I got my master's in social work and I got my license based on that master's and that's sort of how licensing works. So it would be incorrect for me to say that I am a psychologist because I didn't study for clinical psychology. So if they're a social worker, they have, they have studied social work either at a bachelor's level, yeah, master's or PhD level. Um, but for most states, you have to have a master's to practice the clinical therapy part of social work, which is what we're, we'll focus and on now. The way that um, I think that as far as the, the style of therapy for a social worker, it's more likely to be um, like, I think, and again, this might not be fair to say, but it's sort of the training that's behind it. But the um, the emphasis on social justice, like social work really teaches you as a clinical social worker providing therapy are one, you are one piece of the greater picture. So you are treating them for their mental health, but then they're also a part of their, of a system that's possibly an oppressive, I mean, depending mm -hmm. on if they are a, a minority or a, you know, person, you know, an, an, an oppressive system, a system that, you know, it doesn't, you know, give them all their rights and how does that affect them? And how does, you know, what, do they have any um, lack of access to resources and how can, 
I, as a therapist, help them like mental health from a mental health standpoint as a piece of the bigger picture. Like it's important to understand the bigger picture. Is, yes. Um, That's what that approach focuses on, yeah, yeah. which is how it's different than like psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you're, when you're studying social work, that's what they're, they're teaching you to look at things from. Of course, there is a lot of overlap, but that's what the approach is. And that's why it's different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why I said, I don't know if it's fair to say that, because I think, I think all, all of these approaches, it's like traditionally, but like nowadays, yeah. I'm sure that plenty of psychologists educate themselves on social issues and are aware of how oh, the yeah. social issue, you know, um, but it's just not as big of an emphasis and it's not like what psychology versus social work, it's not what it is in a more traditional sense. Right, right. <coughs> yeah, definitely. And so you might see if you're a master's level licensed social worker, um, that's who you will probably be seeing if you're going for therapy and then they're a social worker. That's probably what they're going to be. Um, so when you say like a counselor, a clinician, a therapist, those are really interchangeable because they're really more like job titles mm-hmm. and it just depends on where you work. Um, so they may call their social worker a clinician or a counselor or a therapist. It's the job title. The important thing really to know is that are they licensed in that state? Do they have a master's degree, you know, to practice at least in that state that they can do clinical social work? Um, So that's what I am. And that's, you also have that as one of your licenses. So we both have the social work perspective and license mm-hmm. um so right that's a good distinction like what we're describing is the licensure title mm-hmm. um like at our old job like our job title was therapist regardless oh, yeah. of what license <coughs> excuse me regardless of what license you had the job title was still therapist right the yes. letters after your name may have been different Yes. And um, speaking and, of the letters, well, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, so um, a fully licensed clinical social worker in, I think, most states, mm-hmm. it's LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you finish your master's, start working as a social worker, but you slash therapist slash clinician, but you have to get a certain number of clinical hours and supervision hours mm-hmm. and you have to pass uh, two exams. Two different. Yeah. Two different board yeah. exams, which is like, I'm in the process right now. I've got everything. I'm just waiting to take, to be approved so I can take the final exam. Um, hey. Yeah. And then I'll get my L is what we call it. So yeah, you go from being Sometimes. a SW to being an LCSW, and that's how it works in Kentucky. Right. So that's the thing. Getting your L. So like, so if you see CSW, that means that that person is working under the supervision mm-hmm. of another licensed person, mm-hmm. and then they get their L. So then they become LCSW. Mm-hmm. In Indiana, right? It was 
LSW and then you get your C. C. Yeah. So it's licensed social worker and then you become licensed clinical social worker. So it's very strange. Like, I don't know why they have different. Uh, yeah, because every state has to be different. I mean, that's just that's kind of how it is in the United States. So that's why you have to make sure that you are checking with what the state requirements are. Um, this is just more of a general thing. And we can only speak for, there are some states that are way, way different. Most mm -hmm. states, it's pretty like, like you said, LCSW is pretty much the same thing in almost every state. You, they might have different requirements to get it, but, but some states it's not. So it's just, um, it's totally different. So that's one, that's a social worker. Um, and that is the degree and title and license for a social worker that would provide psychotherapy or, you know, treat, be a mental health professional. Um, so then the other one that you have, Emily, which you can talk a lot about, is the LMFT, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist License. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... Um, that one is a bit confusing because, well, first of all, marriage and family therapist is, doesn't, you don't have to be married to, <laughs> to like get therapy from an LMFT mm -hmm. licensed family therapist. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so LMFT is, it's, uh, it's looking at it's the way of looking at things is from a systemic lens. So meaning you look at, you don't look at an individual as just an individual. You look at how the individual was shaped by and interacts with the people in their lives. Um, so it's a bit misleading because when you hear licensed marriage and family therapist, you think, okay, they do marriage and family therapy. Half of my caseload is individuals, but I've been trained to see that individual as a piece of a bigger puzzle. So uh, the LMFT is, is describing the framework, mm -hmm. not, not necessarily the uh, configuration of people mm -hmm. that we treat. Yeah, that being yeah. said, I would say that LMFTs do see couples and families more often than other um, licensures but it absolutely is not necessary social workers can see couples and families mm -hmm. psychologists see couples and families um so, and so how did you get to get have an lmft license yeah um so i when i was an undergrad at ohio state i studied human development and family science so it was sort of like if you wanted to go into psychology you would study psychologists and if you wanted to go into MFT, you'd study human development and family science, but that obviously, you know, you don't have to, that was just sort of the natural progression. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did um, the social work program with the MFT specialization, which was sort of a program within a program. So the MFT specialization was accredited as its own program, mm -hmm. which allowed me to have both licensures. Mm -hmm. That is actually they changed it recently now it's actually a dual degree at u of l university of louisville um what no, <laughs> okay i'm gonna keep my opinions about all that to myself <laughs> oh, okay stephanie was like shaking her head 
<laughs> you can share your opinion if you want. I just think, no, I'm not going to talk bad about the school I graduated from. It's fine. We'll do that um, later. But mostly, um, most of the time, you would get a master's in marriage and family therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's the same thing as social work where you have a uh, supervisor, you work under supervision for two to four years. You have to only one exam for MFT. The requirements are typically different. Like I had to record my sessions um, for my MFT hours, whereas I didn't have to do that for social work. You know, like just mm -hmm. different, different like small differences as far as what you need to do. Um, and um, and you can pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much the same in that you can do all of the same stuff that uh, that you can with your social work license. It's just a different framework, like you said. Right, it is. And you can do all the same stuff, but it's like a, some employers are not keen on you having one or the other. Um, like if there's some, there's some employers that are less familiar because M the MFT subfield sure. of the mental health field is less known and it's newer. Yeah. And so a lot of employers are, aren't, aren't going to love that if you're an MFT and not a social worker, that's part of why I wanted to do both was to open myself up to more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Also, some states are more social work heavy and some states are more MFT heavy. Yes. Um, so certain states you will probably be uh, more likely to be overlooked if you're a social worker and others if you're an MFT. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, again, um, uh, MFTs you can do like you ha have the license to do the same thing as a social worker, o a lot of the same stuff as a psychologist. Um, I would say that MFT also traditionally has less of an emphasis on the bigger picture societal piece. But again, that's that's uh, not necessarily true because the practice I work for is. Um, I think everyone is an LMFT slash um, like uh, pre-licensed MFT and there's a lot of emphasis. It's a really great group of MFTs that really care a lot about, um, like everyone was super, uh, talked a lot about the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement over the summer and like we, there's a lot of stuff about, um, like my boss, my boss, um, pays for anti-racism training like all he he's like i'll pay for any anti-racism training so anyway i'm sorry i'm starting to go off on a tangent but um but uh i was just saying that as to, to prove my point that it's uh even though social work traditionally is more uh focused on the big picture social justice issues it is certainly not necessarily it's always that only way. one and also yeah. um the so the the pre-licensed letters for an mft is usually has an a in it somewhere so <clears throat> in illinois it's a mft associate marriage and family therapist in kentucky it's mfta marriage and family therapy associate and in indiana it's lmfta licensed marriage and family <laughs> therapy associate but oh, wow. all of the licensed people are lmfts licensed marriage and family therapists. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> Yes. That's what I have yes. to say about that. Sorry, so that's yep. Yeah. And as far as like, um, like sort of order, like oldest sort of framework, like 
obviously psychiatry and psychology are the oldest. Social work would be the second oldest. It's been around for a really, really long time. And then it would be some of these other ones like LMFT and some of the other ones that we're gonna talk about. They're a little bit newer. Um, and that's just good to know only because those, because they are newer, sometimes their um, their requirements and like what insurance will provide and stuff is changing a lot. But, um, and it might still change, but that's typically, yeah, that's typically how yeah. it goes. So then the next one that we're gonna talk about is a licensed professional counselor or an LPC. And so that's the full license, um, um, I believe, in most of them. L I thought it was LCP. Licensed clinical professional counselor. Well, it's, I think it just depends on the state. Okay. It's one of those like, you know, like LCSW or LICSW or whatever to, for social work. LPC is, it just depends on the state. Um, but a professional counselor would be someone that got their master's degree in counseling. So that's what the degree would say, like a master's of counseling. And then they would go on to get their license. Um, it's a little bit newer, like we said, like marriage and family therapy, it's a little bit newer framework. Um, I work with a lot of uh, professional counselors in my practice. I'm like one of the few social workers there, which is just interesting um, because typically, social workers outnumber everyone else. But in my practice, for some reason, there's just a lot of um, LPCs, which is kind of cool. They have a, just a different framework. Um, they um, also, it seems like their license is a lot more laid back, we joke, than the social work license requirements. I think they only have to take one test and they have like, probably like half of the supervision hours. Do you know, but I don't know much about licensed professional counselors. Like, do you know how the training, what makes them, oh, I have a hiccup, sorry. What makes them different from the other, the other ones? Mm, I don't know as far as like what their framework typically is. I can't, I can't say, I don't know. I feel like just because it says counselor in it, it would be more along like the psychology approach. Um, but I don't even know if that's true. So I don't know, but I mean, they typically either have a master's degree in clinical or counseling psychology and then two years post-degree experience and they pass um, a board, a state board exam. And so they can do all of the same stuff typically. I mean, you know, I guess depending on state, but they can pretty much do everything that an LMFT and an LCSW can. They do psychotherapy, they treat. Um, I, theirs is definitely, from what I know, you know how you said like social work is a lot broader and general and you can do a lot of different things in social work. Mm -hmm. I believe with LPCs, they're pretty much, it's pretty much like a track for going into being a clinical therapist. Um, that's what their focus is on. 
Gotcha. Oh, um, and then there's also one that we didn't um, talk about in just kind of going back. There's the licensed psychological associate, which I forgot all about an LPA. That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I forgot all about that. It's so psychological associates complete a two years master's degree in clinical or counseling psychology, two years of supervised post experience, and they pass a licensing exam. So um, it's just another license, and I think it's for people that study psychology. Um, so, of course, all these are different, you know, yeah. based on the state, but these are pretty much the typical ones. There's also um, some less common ones, but mm -hmm. equally awesome ones, like <laughs> art therapy or uh, music therapy. I actually mm -hmm. really, really like art therapy. I think it's super cool. Um, I was talking to um, someone recently who's in school for art therapy, and she was saying how how talk therapy has its place and it's it can be effective but art just has a way of getting to a place that you can't get to by talking mm -hmm. um and music as well um those are program like there are master's programs in those specifically so yes and and those are just to distinguish like those are typically more because they're more specialized like you're not, at least anywhere I've seen, you're not going to go to an art therapist and just do art therapy. Like it's typically an additional sort of thing done in like, I, we had, um, we had art therapist and music therapist in the hospital when I worked as a, uh, in a psychiatric hospital. And they did, they were sort of like supplementary to what we were doing, but it was really cool because there was a lot of people that connected with that more than anything else. And, um, or you'll see them in schools or, um, you know, they just, they're, cause they're more specialized. They're not doing psychotherapy. So, yeah, uh, they're usually like really cool, like bonuses if you can if you can do that if you can get art therapy or music therapy in a lot of like um nursing homes or like group homes um a lot in hospitals i think you're seeing more like music therapists in hospitals um which is just really cool it's just a different way of treating people mm -hmm. yeah it's cool so yeah they're um they're a little lesser known but obviously really awesome and they're usually just really awesome people because they're all their therapists and they're artsy. So they're really cool. Um, but then there's also, okay. So then there is, um, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug abuse counselor. Okay. That's a full thing. So an LCAC <laughs> is a lot. It's a lot of letters. That is someone who is licensed with to practice um, clinical alcohol and drug abuse counseling. So, so is that, I'm not totally sure, that is not a, 
licensure in itself, that's something you would get in addition, like as a specialty after you are a social worker or an LMFT or something, well, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a licensure in itself, but like, it's not, I don't think it's not like you go to school for specifically that and then get the license. It's like you typ typically they have another degree, either psychology, counseling, right, social yeah. work, and then they get, yeah, they get that extra. Um, and it's just more focused on substance abuse counseling. Mm -hmm. um, so if you see someone with those letters at the end of their name, they have been trained and licensed for more of a focus on substance abuse counseling. And you'll see them working with that population typically specifically in like treatment centers, rehabs, stuff like that. Um, and then there's, um, I don't know what direction you were about. No, I'm sure I'm, you're probably going to go in the same direction. <laughs> well, I was, uh, like there's a, there's a lot of, um, like after you get your main license of social work, psychologist, MFT, what have you, that like a lot of people do go into getting either licenses or certifications mm -hmm. in other things such as right. uh, LCADAC um, or there's like, uh, like there's CST, that's a certified sex therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, there's sort of, uh, it's a CPT certified play therapist. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah um, I think. There's, uh, like I'm getting trained in emotionally focused therapy. I don't know what letters would be, um, but there's a certification for that. So there's certifications in different models, right. therapy models, there's certifications in, um, you know, like just different sub areas of, um, of the mental health field. Yes. Um, and that may or may not have letters after their name, but, um, you know, they'll list it somewhere like on their, on yes. their page. So. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So that's a good point um, to put out that you might see those extra letters along with some of the ones that we already talked about. And that just sort of tells you that they have a little bit extra, they're certified. They've gone through a lot more um, training and, and, you know, they're specializing more in something else um, or a specific treatment. So that's really cool. Yeah, so that's sort of the difference. It's important to know, like, you know, you can use clinician, therapist, mental health professional, counselor interchangeably because those are really job titles. But you know, psychologist, psychiatrist, social worker, marriage and family therapist, all of those are degrees and licensures so that you can't right. use them interchangeably because they do mean different things. Yeah, I always correct people. People call me a psychologist and be like, I'm yeah. a psychologist. Some people get annoyed with me when I do that because they just are like, it's the same thing. And I'm like, it's not the same thing. It's so. not. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> yeah. and it's really not because the completely different degrees and um different if you want to get like specific with like reimbursement from insurance it's all different based mm -hmm. on your license so that's the other thing sometimes that people don't know when they're going to seek 
therapy is, um, you know, like in Kentucky, I can only use this example because I only know how it works in Kentucky, but in Kentucky, as a clinical social worker, I can see certain um, insurances that like my LPC coworkers can't see. And so the reimbursement is different too, just depending on the degree, which means if, if you're getting paid based on the reimbursement, the pay is different. So all that stuff does matter um, when it comes to like how they regulate it. But I guess if you're just looking for a good therapist, then you wanna make sure that they have a degree in and a license and that they're representing themselves properly and that they're, um, you know, they're licensed to practice in the state. Um, and so we can kind of talk about now, like what to look for in, in a therapist. Um, yeah. Um, I think, you know, looking especially at their experience, um, and like the populations they're comfortable working with. So if you are, for example, LGBTQIA mm -hmm. identifying, most will list um, that they um, are LGBT plus friendly, um, but some don't. So, you know, you'd wanna look out for that. Um, if you have a specific disorder, you have a specific um you know you can be as and you can be as picky as you want like a lot of people will be like i'm looking for a black female therapist or they'll mm -hmm. be like i'm looking for a gay therapist or i'm looking for you know a therapist that matches my experiences um and that's um no none of us like are offended by that yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. if, if if we get an email um and like, like I get an email and there's like, or like a post in one of the networking groups or something that says looking for a black therapist, like everyone understands that uh, a yeah. black therapist working with a black person um, is going to be able to offer something that a white therapist isn't. Um, and also just um, experience as far as um, mental disorders that they've worked with or whatever you're wanting to work through. If you're wanting to work on relationship stuff, if you're wanting to work on depression, anxiety, if you're wanting to work on like life transitions, there's tons of specialties and um, different people have different trainings, different experiences, different certifications and all different things. Um, the most important thing though is the relationship. So you want to make sure you have a therapist. You can have a therapist that has exactly what you're looking for as far as training and experience. But if you don't feel like you click with them, you won't make a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. uh, so you really have to find someone that you feel comfortable with, that you feel like you can be yourself with, that you feel emotionally safe with. Yes. Yeah, that's the most, that's definitely the most important. Well, I would say the second most important part of it, the most important is that they're licensed and able to do what they say they do. Because unfortunately, people do misrepresent themselves. 
there is fraud, you know, in every sort of profession. And so um, it's okay to ask your therapist if they don't offer that information first or they don't make it available, where did you study? What did you study? What is your license in? What does that mean? You, you can ask them. If you don't understand it, um, they should be able to explain it to you. So, um, and if they can't, then that's probably a big red flag. But, and also asking them like, um, you know, how, what are your methods and your approach and, and how do you, what sort of um, modality do you use and interventions do you use is perfectly fine. Um, and when we say interventions, a lot of people think that we mean like, this is an intervention and it's like, <laughs> you know, like a group of people and like, that's not what intervention means in this context. Intervention just means like a technique that a therapist mm -hmm. uses. Right. So. And, um, and yeah, so you can definitely ask that of your therapist and they should be transparent in how they answer that and give you the information. And um, they should only be practicing it within their scope of practice and only advertising what they can actually do. So um, I always open when I see a new client, I always, you know, I give them the basic rundown of like confidentiality and duty to warn and stuff like that as far as like what, what I have to report, what I don't have to report, how is their, what they tell me going to be safe, all that stuff. And then I talk about um, my training, my education, and what my personal sort of approach is. And then I let them know, like, if you don't like it, or if we get going, and you're like, this is not a fit, it's not clicking, you know, you can say that, or you can either talk to me about it, or you can just call and talk to my boss and get another therapist, and I'm not going to be offended by it. And I would think most therapists probably wouldn't, because we know how important that is, like you said, Emily. And if we've been through therapy ourselves, we've probably had that experience where we're like, this therapist isn't a good fit for me. Nothing against them. They're probably a really good therapist. It's just not for me. Everybody has their preferences and the, you have to feel, like you said, safe with mm -hmm. them. You have to feel like they get you in some way. Otherwise, why are you gonna wanna open up and talk about some really embarrassing or, really traumatic or just really, really personal, intimate things with somebody right. if you don't feel like you get along. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, definitely um, want to ask about their approach um, to, to ensure that, ensure that um, fit that you're talking about. Um, Cause they're like, you know, we won't go into like specific models, but right. in a more general sense, um, I mean, right now, if you were to ask someone about their models, they would tell you, but mm -hmm. as far as discussion that the discussion we'll have right now, like there's different, you know, there's the more, um, kind of less structured, more like exploratory type of talk therapy where you don't necessarily have a direction, but it's more like, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's like, it is, it's more what comes up in therapy is relevant yeah. and you discuss that yeah um, there's not a, um, a schedule or a, a every, some you do something different every day it's like the client 
brings what they want to the session. Right. And it's not to say that there's like no direction. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the therapist will normally make connections for you and look for patterns. Um, But then some people prefer to have a more structured approach, like um, an approach that's uh, like a more step-by-step kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, some, some people like therapists that are very direct and honest Others want, I mean, I don't think anyone wants a dishonest therapist, but others want some that are like a little more like softer, yeah, nicer, mm-hmm. nicer in that, like their approach, they're going to be more like, um, gentler with how they tell you yeah. things and push you gently, which is fine. Some people want, yeah, like you said, they want a therapist that's really direct, that's going to push them hard. And also it depends on the, as the therapist, it depends on the client. Like, you know, I'm not a super blunt um, therapist, but I'm not a super passive therapist either. And I will definitely change it depending on what I think the client needs or wants. Um, Cause not everybody can handle that. Like <laughs> for me personally, when I go to therapy, I want a really soft <laughs> therapist who's going to kind of like coddle me in a way because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that emotional, like, let's tend to your emotions. Your emotions are valid. Like, it's okay. Gentle pushing. That's not, doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want that. Um, and that's fine. I think it's great that there's so many, you know, every therapist brings their personality to it along with their approach. And it's great that there's so much variety. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, um, you shouldn't go to therapy and feel good every session. Right. Like therapy is hard. And you will leave. If you're most of the time, if you're doing the work and you guys are really getting to stuff, you will leave feeling kind of shitty sometimes. Right, you're gonna, like, that's a part of the process. That's okay. Yeah. You're gonna talk about things that are uncomfortable. Your therapist may um, encourage you to feel uncomfortable feelings, and it's all a part of the process. If you do have a more direct therapist, they may tell you some truths that you yeah. don't really want to hear. I had a therapist like that. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie knows I've talked about her a lot. She was so blunt with me. She really was. I I asked her, you know, I told her, I said, this is what I want. Like, I want you to be honest with me. And that's another thing. You can tell your therapist what you're looking for. Um, But that being said, you also shouldn't feel like, you shouldn't feel great every time you go to therapy, but you also shouldn't feel like your therapist is judging you or being mean to you or putting you down. That's, that's um, like, you should feel, um, you should be able to feel the discomfort, but in a way that's like supported by your therapist. Yes. Like your your therapist is there with you rather than like making you feel bad about yourself and we call that unconditional positive regard which is a thing it's very very important in therapy because people are doing hard work they're talking about uncomfortable things they're challenging themselves and if you have a good relationship with your therapist you should feel like no matter what happens in the room my therapist is still going to like me 
in some way. Like they're still going to care about me as a person and mm-hmm. want me to do well. And that creates this safe environment where people can grow and explore. Does it mean that you will always get along with your therapist? You will disagree with them and that's okay. Um, but you can address that. You, I think anything, you know, people are afraid out of sort of this wanting to please and wanting to be polite and not wanting to be judged. They're afraid to be really direct with their therapist about the therapist or the therapy. But that's, I mean, at least for me, and I know you said the same thing, like that's the best thing when a client will give you that feedback. I love feedback from clients. Yes, because I want to do the best job for you that I can. And you can tell me how to do the best job for you. You can give me that feedback and be like, you know, when you um, said this in our last session, I felt this way and I didn't really like it. Oh, okay. Like, thank you for telling me because I don't want to make you feel bad. That's that it's not part of the growth. You know, I just don't want to make you to feel like bad about yourself um, or feel bad about the therapy. So that's something we need to address. And you can do that with your therapist. They're prepared for that. They know they should know how to handle that. And if they can't handle it well, then they're probably not the therapist for you. Right. There's, um, we don't know if, if something isn't going the way that you want it to, or you're not feeling like it's helpful. We don't know that unless Mm -hmm. you tell us. And I, I do try to check in with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be like, how do you feel like it's going? Do you feel like you're benefiting? Um, but also if, if you're, you keep coming back and you, you know, give me all like indication that you're happy with how things are, then I'm going to keep doing yeah. what I'm do what we're doing. You know, you, you have to, it's important to feel comfortable sharing that if you are unhappy and that is something that's hard for a lot of people, which is something you could talk about with your therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, you could yeah. be like you could even be like speaking up for myself or speaking up for my needs is hard for me. And I have something I want to say to you, but I'm feeling uncomfortable about it and have your therapist like help you um, practice that. Yeah. And what is a good practice. Yeah. I, one thing I just kind of really want to ask everyone listening, mm-hmm. if you don't want to see your therapist anymore, please just let them know. Please don't ghost your therapist. I, it's just, it it's hurts not our necessary. <laughs> like, just t- really send does. an email and say, hey, it's not working out for me. Thank you for your time. It was nice meeting you. Like, it's, it's just the nice thing to do. Um, it does, it does. Like we have feelings too, and we form a relationship with you. And then when you just kind of disappear, it makes us feel bad. And we worry, we wonder, (laughs) we worry, not only did I do something, but we also worry like, are they okay? You know, Mm -hmm. and we're limited into what we can do to check on you. I mean, we can call you or email you or, or contact you in any way that you have previously given us permission to we can't like hunt you down. <laughs> we can't go to your house or your job to see if you're alive. So sometimes when I don't hear from clients, I do worry. Um, mm-hmm. I Sometimes I want to know, like, are you just, you just don't want to come back to therapy, but you're okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, yeah. 
yeah, you're right. It's, and also, we don't know if if we have done something to offend you, and maybe it's not something you want to talk about or work on or work through, but you should still let us know so we can be mindful to not do that again. Um, Cause we make mistakes. We, we don't always know the right thing to say or the right thing to do. Like we're people. Um, so that feedback helps us. Yeah. I think that's a good one. It's hard for people to break up with their therapist, <laughs> break up quote unquote. Um, but it's okay. It's good practice for setting boundaries and ending relationships in real life and your therapist will be okay like it's their job you know they're, it, well they're, it was not the first time yeah they, they might be disappointed but they're not probably not going to go home and cry about it you know they're going to be like okay geez dang that sucked oh well you know i hope they find something that works for them they might even be able to refer you to someone else or something else um because they typically, I mean, I'd say most therapists want you as a client to do well and succeed, whether it's with them or someone else. It's not, it shouldn't be an ego thing. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's me or if it's my coworker. If you're doing well, I'm happy that you're doing well. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So hopefully that gives people some more understanding of all the differences and things. Of course, there's like, I'm sure there's even more that we didn't even talk about, but I'm sure, yeah. Those are the most basic, uh, common ones that you will see. And so that's, that's some information, um, to help. And we'll probably do more of these later, uh, where we just sort of give more information about therapy or mental health or stuff that that people want to know more frequently asked questions sort of thing. Um, so if you do have any questions, you can uh, either contact me or contact Emily or write to us on our um, Instagram page or whatever. If you're like, Hey, I would like someone to explain this to me. Um, I have this question. I don't understand. And we can do that in another, another episode, do a few of those. Um, because I think it's important for people to understand this stuff so that they can just get better treatment and get better help. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, I want a therapist, but I have no idea where to start. So yes. I mean, we should say that real quick. Like the way that you would find these people, um, Google or mm -hmm. Psychology Today. Psychology Today is a bit problematic. Um, but it is the most commonly used like directory for mental health professionals. There's also um, like Therapy Den. That's a new one. Um, that one's a lot more socially conscious and has a lot, um, a lot more like um, progressive kind of uh, list stuff, like list like specialties listed and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Uh, therapy Den. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of therapists have a website, so you could find them in a Google search. Um, yeah, but you could even ask your, um, you could ask your primary care physician or, you know, if they have any place that they can recommend you to. A lot of people, we get a lot of people at the practice I'm at from their doctor who's like, this person, you know, I'm, they're on an 
an anti-anxiety medication, but they're still struggling, they wanted therapy and they refer them. Or um, you could also, uh, oh crap, I totally blank. Your doctor could refer you, <laughs> who else could refer you? You could get a referral from, you know, any other place really. Um, yeah, you're, like your therapist could refer you to a psychiatrist and vice right. versa. Yes. They all, those are probably like the most common. Mm-hmm. Every therapist has like a list of psychiatrists or if they don't, they have a whole network of therapists who collaborate with psychiatrists. Yeah, we, we all talk to find resources for clients. We don't share personal information, obviously, but we try to find resources and, and help each other out. So if your therapist doesn't know or your psychiatrist doesn't know, they, they can find, find that out. You can also call your insurance if you're going to use insurance and you want to use insurance, you can call your insurance company and like you would with any other medical provider and be like, who is covered, you know, who takes this, who can I see? And they can give you a list of people and then you can uh, research them. So there's different ways. Of course, there's online therapy options like better help and stuff like that. If that's mm-hmm. something you want to do. Um, but it's always good, you know, you can kind of interview your therapist for the job. Yeah, I was that's what I was going to say. Um, mm-hmm. You can, some people schedule a first session mm-hmm. with a few therapists, or you can ask if they do a 10 minute consultation mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. Just don't like tell your whole story, like in an email or in a phone <laughs> call, like keep it to 10 to 15 minutes phone call uh-huh. if you send them an email send the general concepts of what you're wanting to work on um it's just not appropriate to share all of that like tons of information before they are actually your therapist mm-hmm. and it's not appropriate to do that outside of a designated session like yeah email or just like a quick phone call but you know you want to say this is like generally what I'm wanting to work on. What kind of experience do you have with this? What, what's your style? What models do you use? You know, just talk to them, see get a feel for them. Like I, like we said, the relationship is the most important piece. So see if you feel like you click with them. Uh, most therapists are, are cool with, with doing that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like something like 10 minutes. That's, that's fine. That's not, you know, yeah, yeah. a huge chunk of time that's going to, really get in the way of them seeing other people. So um, if you just want, if you just want to see if you're a good fit, I would think they would appreciate that. Um, that mm-hmm. saves you time. It saves them time. It saves everyone time. So yeah. Um, yeah. So just, you know, if you have any more questions, let us know, cause we can continue to do some of these in between our, our other um, podcasts that we do. And um, so we've got some cool topics coming up. So hopefully people keep listening because we've got some really cool stuff and that's it. We'll wrap up. Yes, that is our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with friends and family. And don't forget to follow the show's Instagram for updates on new episodes at just mental health podcast with a period between each word. We record a new episode every week. This is Steph. NM signing off. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.